0: This is the uh, TCA Radio Hour where we meet and um, I'm here with um, Ignacio Peralta and Roberto lavadi and we're here to have a discussion about um, Santos. Um, I'm going to give a quick introduction to Ignacio and, and Roberto and we're going to um, just get into a conversation. Um, so. Uh, Roberto Lavadie is a woodworker and native of Taos who has studied traditional forms of woodworking in northern New Mexico. And Ignacio Peralta is also a a woodworker with a background in the church. We are here to discuss the woodworking practice of Santos here in northern New Mexico. Both Roberto and Ignacio have studied the history and meaning of Santos. Um, And I'm going to give a brief description and then we'll go into the conversation. The carving and painting of santos is one of the oldest living folk art traditions in the U.S. dating back some 400 years. The people who make santos are referred to as santeros or santeras. Santos are traditionally sacred images, um, paintings or sculptures of Roman Catholic saints. And um, santos were made either as retablos, which are two-dimensional paintings, or uh, bultos, which are three-dimensional sculptures. Um, Ignacio and Roberto, is there anything you would like to add to this brief portrait that I gave of Santos? Not at this time. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, and what are the origins of Santos and how did they originate?
1: Well, images, uh, sacred images have been a part of the, uh, the religion Since time immemorial, and uh, Santos in northern New Mexico um, evolved out of necessity uh, because of the fact that uh, when Spain left uh, this part of the uh, New World, uh, they took not just their priests with them. They they also it also uh, ended the line of uh, images coming from uh, Europe into northern New Mexico. So uh, out of necessity. Uh, the people of this part of the region, because of their love and devotion to um, the saints, not the images, the saints, they created their own art form uh, of, of these santos and developed it over a period of years. Most of it was done, well, they're still doing it, but the older santos were done in the 1800s.
0: Roberto, is there anything you would like to add? Uh, I think
2: santos... Uh saints, images, icons, probably in every culture in the world. Uh, Father Bill McNichols is a writer, not a painter, but a writer of icons. Uh, Some of the old santeros that, that, you know, from from centuries ago were very influential in in all that we have today. Uh, Outside of that, you know, it's just what what Compadre Iggy said, it's it's, uh, something that was Passed on through our families, you know, for generations—grandfathers, great-grandfathers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers—and and it exists today. And 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 I think it's a form, and and a part of our culture that'll be around forever.
0: Thank you both uh, for sharing your responses. Um, what are the different types of santos that exist, um, such as boltos and nativos? And could you give details that uh, may di- differentiate them?
1: You know. Roberto's the artist that's here today. <laughs> he yeah. he actually creates uh, both Bultos and Santos, uh, and has done so uh, for probably the last thirty forty years. Roberto,
2: yeah, yeah I have been. Uh, the main difference: uh, Retablos are painted on a flat board, usually pine, uh, with gesso. There's different uh, nowadays that uh, you know the gessos and stuff are commercial, but before they used different. Uh, I don't even know to tell you the truth, but they used different stuff. I know that a lot of the colors and stuff came from the earth. They would uh, find certain uh, rocks or earth or dirt or whatever that, that would that they could get extract the color from. That would be retablos. also the The bultos is just a 3D form of the image of the saint, and a lot of these were painted in the same way as the Retablos were as well, because that's were products of our environment and people worked with what they had at the time, just like what, you know, now we have all the commercial paints and this and that. And and that's not to say some people are uh, not so much purists, but the way they've learned it and they maintain a true tradition in painting with, with the native uh, pigments and stuff
1: there's an artist uh, uh the santero in denver colorado uh, whom i'm familiar with and uh, who uh, i've actually got some of their images and he does retablos and he is a purist he is he goes into the mountains and looks for the different types of uh, minerals or plants that that would uh, originally give the colors that were used on on tablos back in the day and uh, he uses them now he covers his retablos uh, at the very end with trementina uh, or sap from uh, usually piñon or any other kind of, uh, of wood form. And that's what, uh, as opposed to nowadays they would, might use a varnish or something like that. Well, he uses that form there. But he's very true to, uh, to do that, and he's, he does an, an amazing job with him. You know? and, and again, he's from Denver, but his tradition is from northern New Mexico and
0: southern Colorado. And, and what are the tools typically needed to make a Santo?
2: I think probably the most important tool would probably be your brain, the imagination and, and how you would depict this Santo, this image to be uh, that probably be the foremost outside of that. you have paint brushes, you have knives and chisels and sandpaper and stuff that you know that you would use to work on on wood. Or, or with paint, you know? So uh, brushes, paint, uh, pigment, uh, knives, chisels, sandpaper. You know, and the thing about
1: about the tools, like Roberto was saying, is your, your ability to think and to imagine. But you have to remember that uh, the older santeros, they knew the lives of these saints. They knew what they represented. So they would translate uh, what they had done in their life uh, into the image so that it would depict, um, you know, what their thoughts were of why they were uh, held sacred and uh, what, what they had done in their lives that had uh, put them in this position of being called saints. So, you know, a lot of it is, was, was a knowledge of who these individuals were and what they had done in their lifetime here on
2: earth. And one that comes to mind is San Rafael. Uh, San Rafael is a patron saint of healers. Uh, back when when he was a young man, there was a, a person, I, I can't remember if it was his his dad or his mother, uh, had a condition with, with their eyesight, the blindness. And what he was supposed to do is go to a foreign country and bring back the bile of a fish that was, uh, that, that was a cure for this blindness, for this condition with the eye. So uh, consequently, San Rafael is pictured with a, with a staff, which is uh, uh, representative of, of pilgrim, pilgrimage, and they show him with a fish, uh, having been that you know, the bile from that fish is what cured Tobit. I, I guess it was Tobit, his father.
0: Thank you both. W- what are what are materials that um, Santos are typically com- comprised of? I know we've touched on the, the traditional forms of maybe some of the um, minerals or materials of the earth that um, that that have that are, that are used to make them. But um, I've also read that there's certain types of wood that um, Santos are made out of. Is is there it, what, what type of materials would you say that uh, Santos are comprised of?
2: Yeah. Once again, David, I would say that, yeah, we're, we're products of our environment. Uh, now we have uh, big lumber mills all over the place. We have tools to, to harvest lumber with and this and that and the other. Uh, nowadays, people use sugar pine, uh, alder, jelutong, But traditionally, uh, from what I know in northern New Mexico and, and southern Colorado, what was used was cottonwood root. And the root was, uh, I've, I haven't made anything with it, but I've delved in it a bit just to see what it's like. And I think because it's soft, it was easy on tools and that sort of thing. Uh, another material that's used a lot is aspen, once again because it is soft. In the same family as the cottonwood, uh, they're both deciduous trees. But cottonwood, once it's mature and stuff, is hard. You you can't even hardly split it with an axe. Whereas uh, aspen is more, uh, well, not malleable, but it's more, uh, you can work with it a lot easier. Uh, I've used, uh, actually, I've used cottonwood. I've used uh, aspen. And uh, the lumber of choice these days is basswood, which is harvested in the Pacific Northwest, I believe. You know, the um, in the early days, uh,
1: there wasn't much around to work with, so uh, these men and women that were building and making these santos and uh, creating them, um, they harvested their own materials, mm-hmm. and they used uh, whatever implements they had at that time. You know, to create like a, a piece of of uh, dimensional lumber. To build the retablo on, uh, many times the older ones you can actually see uh, some of the markings of some of the uh, you know tools that were used because they were um, pretty rudimentary at that time you know so a lot of them they still have those markings and you can still see where that the human hand touched that wood and and created that it, it's 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 really an amazing thing it's they're they're beautiful they're um, I don't know that to me that it's, it's always I always considered it as fine art, even though it was never uh, uh, named that because I, I, I personally believe the people that were, that were naming fine art, fine art, were the fine artists who, who, had, who, who themselves would considered themselves fine artists. But their art form is, uh, it's amazing what they were able to do with what little they had to work with.
2: And in terms of art form and interpreting that, yeah, people regard it as an art, as an art form, but I think it's more a love of, mm-hmm. of culture and, and who and what we are and where we come from and, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Thank you guys both for your responses. Um, back in the day, how did someone become a Santero or a Santera? I, I think it
1: was a calling. Uh, you know, uh, I look at my compadre here, and he is a santero. I've seen his work; it's amazing. And I've, I've helped him work, and he's he's taught me about wood and stuff like this. But uh, it it was a calling. I mean, there was a need for this uh, for these icons. Uh, there was a demand. It's like anything else. If there's a demand for something, uh, something will develop out of that demand, you know. And out of this, because of our our deep-rooted culture in in, in our faith and the faith in uh, in and these people that live before us and did wondrous things in order to be called a saint. Okay. Then out of that came the need to have these icons available to local churches and chapels and the Morales and other places like that. And, and I, I, it developed itself, but, um, uh, it, it came out of, out of need, out of necessity.
2: Yeah. And I agree with that. You know, it's, it's a calling and, uh, and once again, I'll use the word love. Yeah, necessity, one thing, but for the love of 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 where you came from and where you're going, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, a calling, definitely, and uh, and saying yes, you know, because, uh, David, you have a talent for, for, for doing what you're doing now, you know, electronics and radios and computers and stuff. That's your calling. Uh, mine, a woodworker... Uh, a dad, you know, compadre Iggy, the same. Uh, it, it's just, uh, it's who we are and what we do. And, you know, there wasn't a, a big lightning bolt that came down and said, you were going to make something, nothing like that. It's just something that I felt one day. I I pulled out a pocket knife, and here we are.
0: Thank you, guys, both. Um, what role did a santo uh, santero or Santa uh, uh, play back in the day in in our community
1: i, I think a very big role uh, because what they were creating was was meeting this this uh like corddorto says it's a love it's a love it, it comes from the heart uh, you look at these uh, images and you can see how they poured their souls into this in order to Meet the needs of those people that that had these great desires and great love for and uh, affection and devotion to the people that they represent. Remember that the, the the icon is just an icon. but the icon uh, represented someone behind that icon. And like I said, they knew the lives of these people. So they would, you know, it would come from inside them. And uh, uh, these people, I, I, I think, were very revered within their communities. They were sought out by the, by the churches and the chapels and, and the people. And many of these icons were bought by the people and donated, you know, to the um, religious institutions in northern New Mexico because of their love and devotion for, uh, you know, for these, for these uh, individuals.
2: Yeah, and what I might share with that also is uh, Santeros and Santeras, you know, they were uh, not doing a service, but they were giving a gift to a community from what they imagined and, and what they saw that that San Rafael might look like or Santo Niño de Atocha or any of the other saints. They did it graphically, and thus people could, could identify possibly. You know, yeah, that saint, uh, he does look like us, you know. Uh, for me, you know, uh, Jesus, all my santos that, that I pray to, you know, and I do, uh, they look like us, you know. Yeah,
1: that's it. That, that's that's a really important part. Uh you know, a lot of the, the older saints that came over from Europe and stuff like that, you know, they they had other materials that they used. Their their eyes were done differently. Everything was naturally done, you know, and they they only used what they had on hand and, um, and poured out their, their caring to the community through those santos. And,
0: uh, uh, you know, Roberto's exactly right there on that issue. And how do you understand the the practice of um, making Santos to be passed on to future generations? How, yeah.
1: Wow. I think it'll always be around. I mean, um, there's always a need for faith in one's life, and uh, this is a way of, of expressing it humanly, you know, in, in, in that. But uh, I'm, my, my hope and my prayer is that it'll always be around. It'll always be Roberto's that will be doing this, and there's many, many, many Santeros and Santeros out there that are doing this now. So you go to Spanish market, it's not a dying form, believe me.
2: Yeah, and if I might answer that also, David, uh, once again, to one of the earlier questions, I think uh, there'll be callings for these people as well, and, uh, you know, they can answer that and say, yes, I want to do it. And and I think this art form, this this sacred art that we have, will, will survive forever. You know, it's been here for thousands of years, and it'll be another thousands of years. You know, uh, stuff that uh, José Rafael Aragón and Moyenos and these, these old Santeros left for us that are hundreds of years old. You know, the stuff that's being done today, the, the retablos, the bultos, the... They'll be around for a long, long time.
0: Thank you, guys, both. We're going to take a brief uh, broadcast break, and we'll be back with um, Ignacio Peralta and, and Roberto uh, Lav- Lavadi. The World Pro Ski Tour World Championships are back at Taos, March 30th through April 1st. Watch the best slalom skiers in the world compete head to head in this one-of-a-kind race. Enjoy a weekend of exhilarating races, live music, awesome raffle prizes, and even hang out with Olympians and our newest Taos athlete, River Radimus. The event is completely free, and proceeds from the raffle tickets go to the Taos Pueblo, working on wellness nonprofit. Learn more at skitaos.com. And we're back here with Ignacio Peralta and Roberto uh, Um One question I want to ask you guys in relation to the, the question that we just asked uh, led into the uh, broadcast break with was how how would you um, tell or um, if, if a young um, person was interested in learning more about Santos and the making of them how would you um, I guess how, how would they get involved I guess
2: well something that happened to me personally and, and this guy isn't so much a Santero but he's a sculptor and he does pieces of work that I, I couldn't even imagine doing. And that came about one day. He was a young boy, teenager maybe. And he came by to the shop with his dad and we're visiting. He's asking questions and this and that and the other. And I gave him, a, I think, a chisel and a gouge. And I saw this This young man is from Peru. And uh, he's, his grandmother is was from here in Taos. She passed away recently. But... I visited with him when he was here recently and he said that he's still using the tools that I gave him 20, 25 years ago, you know. So that, having a tool to work with uh, and just the inspiration of seeing what other people do and I I still look at things sometimes and I think, I wonder if I could do that, you know. It's it's just, once again, that calling and that... uh, interest in, in whatever it is that you're doing you know uh, exploring it I, I do a lot of leather work now I've been doing uh, that for quite some time and uh, the same thing I'm constantly searching for tools and different ways I just started doing uh, faces and stuff on leather so that that's pretty neat you know and it, it'll end up being uh, I don't know if maybe a, a yeah on a leather why not well, you know, it, it, it's 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 generational,
1: and you know, we were recipients of of our faith from from our parents and our grandparents, and we saw, I personally saw the devotion my grandmother had to the Santos, and uh, you know, she lived in northern Colorado <clears throat> out of necessity because there wasn't work here. They moved up there, but northern New Mexico moved with her, and I can remember her uh, in front of her little altarcito uh, in her home in in Loveland, Colorado with all our santos there. You know, uh, so it's something that's it's it's part of us. It's it's hard to explain, but then you have people that answer the call like Roberto and they they actually continue to create, you know? <clears throat> and he's a teacher too. You know, he taught me how to work with the wood. I, I wish I could carve in the round, but I can't so far. You know, maybe he'll maybe someday I'll have that that deal, but uh, you know, I fully intend to leave uh, <clears throat> my tools to the generation that's coming after me, and hopefully they'll uh, want to continue uh, doing woodwork or whatever it is that they, they, they do. I, I I one I can remember one gen- one young man, very young, um, my kids' age, and I was looking for someone to do a cloth for the Veronica, which is is the lady that wiped the face of Jesus on the way to Calvary, and. Uh, Somebody just came up with a name, and here was this young man. I talked to him. Two days later, here he comes with this image of of Christ's face on the cloth in pain and agony on the way to Calvary. And when I told him it was beautiful, I wanted it, he says, no. He says, just my practice one. I'm going to go make you one that's better. You know what I mean? So it's, it's here. It's in the heart.
2: It's in our soul. And uh, hopefully it'll stay that way. Yeah, another thing I might add is sharing. You know, uh, there's a lot of people that that do certain things and they think they're the only ones and they're, you know, they're, uh, they protect it. They don't want to show anybody how it's done. I think one of the main things in just in life in general, we're not going to be here forever. And to share what what we do know, what we do have, I think is very important, just uh, even a bit inspirational at, at
0: some point. Thank you again for both your responses. Is is there um, culturally what roles have santos played in your life?
1: You know, I I'm, I'm just going to give my own opinion, okay? In my opinion, there was never any difference between culture and religion. Our culture was our religion. You look at uh, you know just the santos for instance, but even luminarias, luminarias were were developed in order to light the way on our processions. Um, baptism, confirmations, uh, weddings, uh, funerals—whatever it was—it was all revolved around this culture that that we that we love, that uh, identified itself with, in my opinion, with my religion, in my faith, and I think that's uh, where all this stuff comes from.
2: Yeah, and I think I was just you know thinking what Compa was saying now and. I don't remember. Since I was a kid, old enough to remember, I don't remember there not being any Santos. Yeah. You know, they they've always been here. They'll, you know, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. It's a it's a, like you guys have been sharing in this conversation. It's it's um. A practice that will be continued. It, it's here with us now, and it was here before us, and it'll be here with, after us. You yeah. know,
2: it's uh, it's who we are. It's what we do. It's what we want to leave.
0: Is is there a Santo that has played, um, or or is there something that has resonated in your life, a Santo that you can that, or maybe a few that um, just draw you, in each time you see a depiction of of of, of a saint or of a or a specific Santo in mind that was made by a particular artist.
2: We're gonna need about two more sessions to cover them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, David, there's. Uh, I pray to San Rafael a lot as a healer. You know, uh, I pray to uh, Saint Jude, Santa Rita. They're uh, saints for for hard life. You know, uh, impossible uh, situations that you think impossible. Uh, San Antonio uh, there's a, a thing with St. Anthony that uh, if you lose something uh, you pray to him and he'll help you find it and yeah I, I've lost oh maybe a pocket knife or something that, that meant something to me I've lost it along the way and oh San Antonio you know please help me and it might not be instantaneous in that but I believe you know it it helps you know it's Faith. All it is is faith. You pray to San Rafael because you're praying for someone who who needs that help. You pray to St. Jude for somebody who needs that help. You you pray to the Virgin Mary because you need that help. Somebody else needs her help. Well, for me, uh, Nuestro Padre
1: Jesus Nazareno, which is uh, our Father Jesus of Nazareth, he's big to me. And I always think of uh, of Jose uh, Rafael Aragón, especially, and Moyeno and all these other uh, santeros that uh, poured their lives out onto the canvas or into the wood in order to uh, to give us our, our our culture and our history. They passed it down to us, and it's our turn to do it now. But yeah, nuestro Padre Jesús to me is uh, is the one that I. I'm the most devoted to. And uh, the other santos uh, all have meaning, but um, for me it's a special relationship that I have them because all these santos that, uh, that Robert and, and I are talking about, they only have the power that's given to them by our Lord. They have no power on their own. And that's, I think, a misunderstanding that we sit there we pray to that image. or anything. It's the person behind that image that we're praying to, that loved
2: one. That has been passed on to us. Yeah, and I I think Santos aren't, you you don't necessarily pray to the Santos, David, to the saints, but you ask for their intercession in whatever it is that you know them to have been or are, you know, San Rafael, healer, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Thank thank you guys so much for um, going in depth about um, Santos and Santeros and the practice of it and also what it means for both of you. Um, I think we're rounding out on our conversation, but is there anything else you would like to share about um, Santos or anything that means something to you that you would like people to know? No, I, I don't have anything else to add with
2: this. Yeah. Thank you for having us, David. Yes. And uh, yeah, it was uh, enlightening, you know, and uh, kind of puts us on our toes again.
1: Yeah, it's, it's nice to, it's refreshing, you know, and, uh, and we're glad to have this medium to enable to uh, share our personal thoughts with the, with the public.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both, uh, R- Roberto and, uh, Ignacio for joining me for this conversation about Santos. We're going to, um, play some music by El Grupo Mezcal, um, to our, our local Taoseno band, um, to, to lead us off into, um, or to lead us out of this conversation. So again, thank, us, thank you for joining us and, um, yeah, have a wonderful day. Thank, thank you. you. I want to uh, say that this show is supported by the Northern Rio Grande Heritage Area and the interview um, that we did earlier with um, Ignacio Peralta and uh, Roberto Lavadi um, would not have happened without um, the Northern Rio Grande Heritage Area's um, support. So, thank you for that and thank you for listening.